Yay, yay! Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins that are getting busy in the schnizzy for Rizzy. Probably the worst intro you've ever Ice Cube? Yo, you come out out of here and then say busy in the schnizzy. Yeah, but yo, if if you think that's Ice Cube that speaks like that, you're the whitest person alive, honestly. I'm saying, where is it? It's Snoop Dogg, bro. It's Snoop Dogg, bro. Nah, it's not what Michael's talking about. I'm talking about like 21 Jump Street or something. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have an exciting week. The first bye week where you're actually going to have to, re- like, almost every team's going to be affected has is upon us. Four teams in the bye this week, so you're going to need some help. And we're here to give it to you. The Brodo Fantasy Podcast, week seven. Yo, guys, I don't do caffeine. I don't do it. I'm very against caffeine Man, in my life. To, if I have to hear about you drinking tea one right. more time. But, crazy. yo, now I got black tea, and, I'm yo, I am so hyper right also now. Also put a little sugar. I didn't put sugar. Oh, I actually, I actually, oh, yeah. listen to this. I went into, so I don't eat white sugar because white sugar is the, a death wish you for those of you who don't white know. White sugar's the devil. Yeah, it's the devil. So I go into Joe's cabinet, and he only has white sugar here. Because obviously we're at Joe's. This is San Agato Studios. How, How long were you guys here before me? Making like tea. About a half, like hour. A half hour. Watching oh, wow. the Knicks. So I went into his refrigerator, and he had strawberry jam. So I sweetened my tea with strawberry jam. With a teaspoon of strawberry jam. Yeah. It was fantastic. You're a this, is, this is our It was brother. so good. Yo, everyone go home, make a black tea. No, everyone strawberry don't do jam this. In that How many people do you think got strawberry jam on hand? And normal people drink coffee <laughs> for a little bit. Of uh, wake up, and yeah, if not coffee, true. then a Red Bull or some shit. I mean, not it's eight thirty though. But well, like, act like tea's not a thing. Tea's a thing. Not really. Tea's a thing. I drink tea casually. Have you ever heard of the Boston Tea Party? I don't drink tea. <laughs> Have you ever you heard? Know of it's funny. I told Mike <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, we should be the Boston this. Tea Party for Halloween. How? <laughs> Michael's girlfriend has a shirt that says Boston. One of us can be a tea bag. One yeah. of us could be a party. <laughs> Another one a boat. Boston party. Tea party. And a boat. And a boat. One. Yeah. My girlfriend will be a boat and then we'll have the Boston tea party. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it's hot fast hot fire. Right? <laughs> Can I be like the ocean? <laughs> the girlfriends didn't like it. Me and Jakes were like, this is this is a great it's idea. It's alright, the four brothers would be the Boston tea party. <laughs> Fuck it. They could be whatever they want to be. They could be like the sailors or some shit. So with Halloween coming up, that means that you are probably right in the thick of things. Now, there are some people out there that are one in five and things like that. And for those of you who are out there, I will say do not quit. All right. I know it may seem like you don't want to play anymore, but here's the deal. And here's my recommendation to you. Play for each week. Play f- to steal victories. All right. Give away players who are on by for maybe a tiny bit lesser of a player that's playing this week because you can't afford. Uh, it was Joe actually hit us up for fantasy advice earlier. And he asked us, should I acquire Antonio Brown? I'm one in five. Antonio Brown has a bye week, so no. You can't. Yeah, you're gonna lose. But if you have Antonio Brown this week and you're one in five, you can package Antonio Brown, get a get a package of players back that are pretty good that are playing this week. And yeah, you don't have Antonio Brown anymore, but guess what? You gotta scrap some close some victories together. So that's my opinion on what what do you got what would you guys do if you're one and five right now? Or oh and six or two and four? I think a lot of things are team dependent. I get what you're saying. That's a good strategy. You have to play to just win. But I also think that some teams, sometimes you're one in five, but you have a great team. So you just got to hold it out and write it out. One time, me and Michael were both one in five or one in four, and we were not worried at all because we knew our teams were great. And then they ended off 
six and seven, I think, and we got in because five of our and s- five and sixteen. Yeah, five and, five and sixty. We 16. got in because of yeah. our points, and then we got to the semifinals. So. And and because I was so damn dominant that year, you're welcome. Beating so that six and seven could be in there. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> there was three super dominant teams that year. Like it was the top three teams were nine and four, ten and three, eleven, uh, ten and three, eleven and two. I'm anyway, gonna, I'm gonna go twelve and one this year. You probably will. Your team is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. Uh, the first Thursday night game is. Uh, the Broncos at the Cardinals in the snooze fest of the year. But, hey, yep. fantasy lives even if you're in a snooze-ass game. Um, let's start on the Broncos side. So let's start with the running backs. On the running back side, the Cardinals have given up the most points per game to the running back. Phillip Lindsay is probably an every-week starter at this point. Low-end running back two, high-end running back three, flex play. Um, I think you can start both running backs in this game. What do you think, Jay? I disagree. I, I, I don't want to touch Royce Freeman. He just hasn't done enough to show that he should be or can be trusted. Even last week, even when he out-touched Lindsay on the ground with nine rushes, he only had 22 yards to show for it. So literally, if he's not finding the end zone, he's not being helpful at all. And I know that they're playing Arizona. But that's that's why I like Philip Lindsay this week. He's the lead dog in that backfield. He has looked the most dynamic every time they're on the field, and he's the one that's been getting the chunk yardage. So I like Philip Lindsay as a running back, too, this week in a very good matchup. I have him ranked 18th, but... Royce Freeman, on the other hand, is not really doing much. Uh, Devontae Booker is still in that third down back role as much as people want to deny it. So Freeman is just the change of pace back who doesn't get any passing work. So who is he really? He's someone that I don't want to start. He's also someone who doubled up Philip Lindsay and carries last week. That's fine. Lindsay also had a lot of pass game work. I don't think I I think that's going to be an anomaly. Yeah, I think it's a definitely a Philip Lindsay game. I have him as my running back 14 this week. Freeman, he's definitely touchdown dependent, more of a flex for me this week as well. We've seen guys, Latavius Murray last week had 155 yards. And That's a what I'm saying. Against a team that had, had could not run the ball at all. Like, yeah. at all. That's why I like Lindsay. Mike You're going to trust Freeman at this point? They're going to get the same amount of carries roughly. Mike they Davis always had do. 100 yards and two touchdowns against the Cardinals. That's why I like Lindsay, but Freeman... If they get to the goal line and he punches in a touchdown, he'll be flex-worthy. But I don't think he's anything more than a flex this week. Freeman hasn't passed eight, nine rush attempts in the last three weeks. Do I need something crazy? What do I want eight rush attempts for? I don't care if it's Arizona. I mean, two weeks ago, he, he, he carried at an eight yards per carry clip. Listen to this. Shout out to Danny Kelly on Twitter for this stat. The Cardinals have ran... Uh, have attempted 20... They're 28th in the league in total rush Yo, attempts. I, I heard this stat today. I was blown away. First in rush attempts right up the middle. Mike McCoy is running quite possibly the worst offense we've seen in years. Well, now we're talking about the Cardinals running back. Yeah, now we're talking about the Cardinals running back. Because DJ, I don't know how you're not worried as a DJ owner. He just keeps getting goal line touchdowns to save his fantasy days. He's not going to end the season with 16 touchdowns. Yeah, he might. Let me me hop in, though. We just got a question on Twitter. It's, It's relevant. He said, I'm trading David Johnson. I got offered Kenny on Drake and Sony Michelle. Take that. I'll take that 100% of the time. I'd rather have Sony Michelle, I think. Yeah. yeah. Take that. I, I have David Johnson and Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle's my RB1. Yeah. That, that, all right. So <laughs> back to the Broncos. But I mean, David Johnson also gets the Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos are the first team in NFL history to allow back to back 200 yard rushers in Isaiah Corral and Todd Gurley. So if David Johnson's ever going to turn it around. 
It'll be this week, unless they just run him up the middle 47 times in a row. Look, he hasn't been horrible. He's been the running back 12. Obviously, he's not the guy that you've drafted. Yeah. But he hasn't been horrible. And the work has been there the last two weeks. After It was scary because you see Chase Edmonds getting all this work, and then all of a sudden Mike McCoy is like, all right, yeah, we have, we have David Johnson. He's got, he has the volume. He's going to get he's gonna get the carries. Now he's playing behind a shitty offensive line and a shitty offense. But, um, do you, you know, if you could tr- package him and trade him for an upgrade – I would do it, but it, but if not, like, I don't know. Just just because he's not the third best player in fantasy doesn't mean he's a complete bust. He's still yeah. he's still out there. But well, they also when they said that he he needs to get more involved in the passing game. Since then, he's been less involved in the passing game. The Cardinals are a mess. They are a mess. Um, Case Keenum, uh, two touchdowns, uh, three hundred and twenty-two yards, mostly in chase down mode uh, last week against the Rams. Uh, you're not starting him in any in any situation. You're never starting Case Keenum. No. no. Emmanuel Sanders, on the other hand, is someone you could definitely start. Seven receptions last week for 115 yards. Uh, this week, a pretty damn good matchup here. What do you think? Yeah, well, until, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is obviously the number one receiver there, and he is someone that I like this matchup for. Uh, coming out of the slot, Arizona hasn't been great there. Their best cornerback is on the outside. Uh, and he will probably be up against Patrick Peterson, so that's why I hate DT this time. I don't even have him as a wide receiver three. What do DT and Crabtree have in common? You guys know? They can't get open? They never pass 70 yards. Damaris Thomas has passed it two times in the last full season of his career. Crabtree has passed it once. Full season, meaning six. And that was last games. week. So, Crabtree? Yeah. So then twice. So then both are twice. So... I mean, with someone with that low of a floor, he's going to be facing Patrick Peterson. He needs a touchdown. He's not someone I'm touching. And then Cortland Sutton's snaps have gone down every week. So I honestly think that the second option beyond Sanders, <laughs> call me crazy, is Jeff, Jeff, Hewerman. Jeff Hewerman. I mean, they threw him a fucking fade at the goal line, a third down last Dude, week. Dude, I tweeted, and then I put the, the office gif of uh, Kevin laughing, that they threw a fade to Jeff Hewerman on third and five from the five at the goal line. That, that was their play. He leads Denver in red zone targets and targets inside the 10. And at a position that's pretty you, – it's Trash. thin. Yeah, it's thin. I've, I've spent more of my fab trying to replace the Delaney Walker injury than I have on anything else this year. Um, anyone else from this game you guys would like to talk about? Well, we've got to talk about the Cardinals too. All we talked about was DJ. True First that. game you already fucked up. I mean, do we have to – I mean, Christian Kirk we could talk about. Fine. Uh, but honestly, besides that, what Cardinal are you trying to own besides DJ? We already talked about Well, him. we still got to talk about Christian Kirk. All right, so let's talk about Christian Kirk. And you got to talk Six. about Fitz, who you're nah. definitely not starting against Chris Harris. Fitz we talk about everyone man. here, kid. Right, but you're not You're not starting. All right, you're right. You're, start, you're, you're not starting Fitzgerald. And what about Ricky Seals-Jones? That's a good guy. All right, Ricky Seals-Jones. How do you guys feel about Ricky Seals-Jones? Seals-Jones is sixth in the league for air yards for tight ends, and Denver has allowed the sixth most yards to tight ends. So if everything adds up in – in ideal world, Ricky Seals-Jones will be the sixth tight end this week. Logic, right? I mean, the only teams that Denver has faced with good tight ends are the Raiders and the Chiefs, once apiece. And they're still allowing the sixth most yards to tight ends. So, yeah. I mean, you could do worse than Ricky Seals-Jones, but his ceiling is limited because of the Arizona offense in general. But yeah, Christian Kirk, like we were saying, has passed 75 yards in three of his last four games. Has a touchdown in that span has obviously become Josh Rosen's favorite target. Now that doesn't necessarily mean he's a 
great fantasy play because the Cardinals' offense is really bad, but it at least means that he's a viable flex option or wide receiver three if you need to fill in for buys. I agree. Christian Kirk is a excellent buy fill-in player this week if you need a guy. I'm currently filling in a buy with him, so he's getting on the wide receiver bye, bye. three map. He's getting he's more than just a bye week fill-in. All right, let's move on to the next game. Titans at the Chargers. Let's start with the one of the worst offenses in the entire league. Marcus Mariota and the Titans got absolutely manhandled by the Ravens. Sacked 11 times. Derrick Henry, yet again, could not do anything. Deion Lewis, yet again, could not do anything. Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis are second and third in least amount of yards before contact. So as much as you want to kill these guys like Derrick Henry, uh, you want to call him a scrub, yada, yada, yada. That offensive line is at playing absolutely atrocious, and that's one that's one thing that when I was breaking them down in the offseason, their offensive line was supposed to be a power for them. It was supposed to be a... Well, Lawan is out now. Right, and now you take out Taylor Lawan, and you saw what happens. 11 sacks, absolutely nothing on the ground. Is there anyone on this Titans offense that you're interested in? Yeah, Literally, Marcus no Mariota one. had 10 completions and 11 sacks. That's That's like unfair to life. You guys want to hear something hilarious? It's legit hilarious. You can't not laugh. Marcus Mariota has exceeded 130 passing yards one time this season. Damn. That's horrendous. And 130 yo, is like... <laughs> yo, Brock worst, Osweiler just put up 360. Honestly, the worst part about this is Corey Davis. I feel like he's a good player, and he's getting all this opportunity, but it doesn't matter Listen, how many targets you get. Wait if a you second. Can't get not the me game. finally I'm easing not. off the Corey no, Davis. No, I'm left. not because... Yeah, you are. Yo, I, I was trying to trade Corey Davis this week, and I sent I sent him. Look, he has 49 targets in six weeks, and I that is rare territory. That's top 15 in targets, and as we talked about in the preseason, the amount of opportunity you get usually correlates to where you stand in the standings at the end of the year. It's just that his quarterback is so terrible, and his offensive line is this so is terrible. This is what I said in our group chat earlier today. I said one target in Tennessee equals .33 targets on a real team. <sighs> I just Also, you want to talk about targets. Corey Davis has 13 targets in one game, 15 in another. The last two of them. Outside bad. of that, he has 7, 3, 6, and 4. All so right. it's been two games, really. All right. Well, seven, three, six, and four. Yeah, the, the three is the one that's eye opening, but you got to remember in those games, like, no, because you got four out of 15. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's pretty atrocious. It's, I mean, it's atrocious overall in the but offense, the but offense. he's still getting the majority of the but looks. That's still the offense. Right. Like, the offense isn't changing anytime soon. Right. So, I mean, you can't play any players from the Titans right now. I mean, Corey Davis, again, since it's, you got guys like Antonio Brown, Juju Smith on by. A flex option, just volume-based, but I wouldn't feel good about it. I'm starting DJ Moore over Corey Davis in, in a, two leagues this week. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, Both of those options are just gross. You know what you should do? You should pick up Jermaine Curse and start him. Agreed. Uh, I don't know. I like I like DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson missed time today. Missed practice. Terrell Pryor missed practice. And Nuno's out three to six weeks. We'll talk about the Jets when we get there. Yeah. All right, um, let's go to the Chargers now. The Chargers. Go, Chargers, go! Uh, well, let me just... We got to talk about everyone, Tim. You're okay. rushing a little bit today. Tywan Taylor and Tajay Sharp are basically both fighting for five targets each game. Yeah, get them off your teams if you, yeah. for some reason... Because Taylor them. was a popular waiver wire ad a couple of weeks ago. but he's He had himself. a nice game, his first game, where he was supposed to like take over. 
the number two role after Rashard Matthews left. Since then, his snaps have just been going down, and Tajay Sharp is stealing work, so they're both useless. I secretly just wanted to hear you yell, go Chargers, go again. So yeah, well, I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> and the fact that you stopped me for Tajay Sharp. Talk, want to talk about everyone. Want to talk about everyone. All right, let's, let's spend some time on Anthony Ferkser. Fine. Anthony Ferkser Ferks is my guy. middle name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go Chargers, go. Damn it, you got it out of me. Um, I mean, this team is one of the more underrated teams in the league probably. Uh, their offense is on fire. Uh, they can't be stopped. Melvin Gordon is finally a good running back for the first time in his career. Um, Austin Eckler. Now, I feel like he's touchdown dependent, but he's still a flex play. Uh, how are you feeling about Austin Eckler's chances this week uh, against the Titans? I mean, is, Austin Eckler is the number one ranked running back on PFF. So he's he's been dynamic and just all around great whenever he gets the chances, but... Melvin Gordon has more than deserved all the opportunities he's getting this year, and that's not going to change. So as long as Gordon's still healthy and playing, Eckler's not more than a flex option. Unless If he finds an end zone, he'll probably end as an RB2, but a PPR, half PPR flex option. Jason? He's passed six points two times this season when he hasn't. One time this season when he hasn't scored a touchdown. Yeah. So... He's just not someone I can get behind. I mean, with some bye weeks, you could have a worse flex play, but I just can't get behind Eckler until he starts getting more work, which isn't likely because Melvin Gordon is killing it. He's actually a good running back this year. Like, we always talk about how his volume makes him a fantasy beast, but he's not actually that good. This year, he's actually good. Yeah. Also, shout out to Phillip Rivers. He's killing it uh, against the Blitz this year. He has, like, what does he have? 14 touchdowns or something, and... Three intos. I want fifteen touchdowns and three intos. I was a year early on the Chargers. Philip Rivers was my MVP pick last year, and the Chargers to make the playoffs. Um, that's happening this year, folks. It's the the addition of Forrest Lamp and Marquise Pouncey on their offensive line has been absolutely ridiculous for them. Um, they're pretty good at, out of the backfield. Uh, right now seventh in DVOA for runners in the backfield. Five point six pass attempts per game. Twenty three point three. Yards. So, look, when you take a look at that, obviously there's going to be more yards than that scored. You just have to worry about Austin Eckler. On the other hand, Tennessee and uh, Malcolm Butler, who is getting torched every which way this year, 30th in DVOA against the number one receiver. Is this the week that Keenan Allen finally becomes Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen was supposed to become Keenan Allen in week two, week three, week four, week five, and week six. Hasn't happened yet. Uh, he's a wide receiver too for me this week. Do something. That's all I have to say about Keenan Allen. Do something. You can't get a better spot than he's in this week. So finally do something. Yeah. Because if I don't own Keenan Allen anywhere, not because I didn't like him going into the year, just because that's how my drafts played out, I would be super aggravated if I was a Keenan Allen owner with his output so far. And if you look past real yards and look at air yards, he's only passed 80 air yards he hasn't passed 80 air yards since week one. It's just not there. And he hasn't passed 80 real yards since week one. Phillip Rivers is really going to his other guys for the deep balls. That's not something you saw in the past. Keenan Allen was like that kind of guy. Um, but let's talk about those deep balls. Terrell the Gazelle, 
Uh, oh, saved yeah. Michael's bet last week That's right. uh, because we I bet Mike Williams would have more fantasy points and then Terrell Williams had to come out with like a what did he, how many scored like 25 points last 26 week 26 and a half 26 and a half points last week and take him right back into the now the, the seven head. point lead against Mike Williams on the season is this a one off for Terrell the gazelle or is this something you can do again this week I wouldn't bank on it if you look at the weekly output by Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams Basically the same amount of targets, same amount of air yards. They're basically just uh, bouncing off each other. If they were combined into one human being, they would definitely be a viable player. But separated, it's just impossible to trust either of them. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Tyrell I'd Williams rather start Tyrell big Williams. Yes. Plus, you saw what he did last week. That first touchdown catch on like three Browns was insane. Mm. And then he caught another deep pass. And if that he's done that in the past, his when he had the 1,000-yard season when Keenan Allen was hurt. Like he's a big play guy. He always averages a high yards per catch. If and Malcolm Butler, they've given up long touchdowns all year. The Titans to Kenny Stills to Will Fuller to Jordan Matthews. Uh, Crabtree destroyed them last week. So I mean, if there was a time for Tyrell Williams to catch another long touchdown, it would be this week. So something to keep your eye on there. Uh, Mike Williams, the other Williams brother. Uh, this is his third lackluster game. Uh, are you cutting ties with him, or are you stashing him still? Cutting ties. Yeah. All right, do, all right, any chance you start him this week? A lot of buys for wide receivers. The wide receiver, you'd start him this week? I, I mean, there's a lot of buys. I wouldn't I wouldn't be happy about it, but if there's worse players you could do than Mike Williams, but I didn't even rank him it's touchdown or bust. But he hasn't even really been a part of the offense at all for yeah, the past like, touch, four weeks. Touchdown or bust. I wouldn't start him, but there there is there's a lot of desperate people out there this week. Uh, yeah, but Mike Williams. <laughs> um, anyone else in this offense you guys would like to talk about? No, I think we're shout out to real quick. Shout out to Desmond King, the slot corner on the Chargers. This is another reason why I kind of like Corey Davis a little more this week as a flex option than Jason does. Uh, Desmond King's allowed a passer rating of twenty nine point three against slot receivers this year. So Mariota's not gonna be able to throw it to the slot, so I'm just expecting him to try to throw it to Corey Davis pretty often. Uh, you know, and hopefully it works out. Like once four or fifteen. Um, Maybe. <laughs> let's move on. Panthers. At, it's just that was just me arguing against Corey Davis to Michael. What is going on? Yeah, this weird. is this is something. Like, hey, learn, teachable moment here. Your fantasy opinions should be fluid. You should not be in love with anyone enough to deny their reality. And right now, Corey Davis' reality is he's a good player. On I a want really bad you to. Offense. I want you to say that me and Jason were right about Corey Davis. No, you're not. You're not right. So no. he was deserving of a six. I don't know. I'm still. Pick. I'm still a little <laughs> bit in denial about Joe Mixon. It's the system that he's in and the opportunity he gets. No problem. But Giovanni Bernard was better. But in Joe Mixon's role. But it doesn't matter. It's the opportunity. Opportunity is king. Fantasy football. Uh, Eagles at. I mean Panthers at Eagles. Excuse me. Let's uh, start with the Panthers. Uh, it's kind of a shitty game for them last week. Uh, mm-hmm. This is really Christian McCaffrey's first for, foray into being a bust. Uh, he kind of busted a little bit last week. Eight carries for 20 yards. Back-to-back letdown week. Seven McCaffrey, really. catches for 46 yards. No touchdowns. Um, if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner, you thought this guy was a running back one uh, for a long time. Was a running back one for a long time. Now back-to-back uh, pretty well, bad games I mean, against two the Eagles teams. It wasn't... Teams. It wasn't a bad week two weeks ago. He did have 17 and a half points. 
But that was because he got that touchdown near the end of the game. But against the Giants, we expected him to have a he much bigger score game. touchdowns. Um, so what are we thinking of against an Eagles defense that's uh, pretty good, but not as good? Like they're not the feared Eagles defense anymore. No, they're definitely not. I mean, you're you're gonna expect a typical Christian McCaffrey game. Twentieth in DVOA against running backs out of the backfield, giving up fifty four yards a game and nine receptions. If, yeah, if exactly. Christian McCaffrey gets nine receptions out of the backfield, he's going for way more than fifty four. Yeah. The way to beat the Eagles is through the air, not through the ground. Yeah. So this kind of fits Cam Newton's and the Panthers game plan. This is how they like to play. So McCaffrey's gonna be a safe back end running back one, but he's not gonna catapult you into victory because he's not going to score touchdowns. I wanted to gouge the opinions. Gauge. 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 Whatever. Gouge. You wanted to oh. gouge opinions. Ga- I wanted to gauge the Stark. opinions. Of, uh After the Alvin Kamara game, so I tweeted out who'd rather have rest of the season and half VPR, Kamara or McCaffrey. And McCaffrey actually won the poll slightly. Recency bias is a bitch, yo. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd rather have Kamara, but... Yeah, McCaffrey's yeah, people are. are nervous about Kamara's workload, and they had to sit on it and stew on it for two weeks. Like a Kamara owner, that's not as like Michael's a Kamara owner, and Jason's you're also a Kamara owner. I am, yes. But you guys know that he's probably going to get the work, and it, it is what it is. But people who are less inclined to know these things, they're sitting there stewing like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my gosh, that was so twin. Um. So let's continue with the Panthers. Devin Funches had a pretty good game last week. Uh, caught a touchdown. I don't Another know guy can, Jason won't. I don't know how this guy continues to hate on Devin Funches. Yo, how many games does he have more than five catches this year? Oh, my God. Yo, real Tell quick, us. guys. Because Zero. No, he had five catches last week. More than five. So what? So what? He's right. He's, he scores a touchdown saying he's a bust. He's a wide receiver one. We're saying yeah. he's a wide receiver. But low end wide receiver two. Wide receiver three. He's time. not a wide receiver two. Yesterday, I mean, if last I'm week, playing in a league with two wide receiver slots, there's no way I'm starting Funches. Dude, last week I had I, Funches. I admit he's a wide receiver three this week because of some buys. There's no AB, Juju, and whoever else. But he's no more than a wide receiver three. Don't tell me he's a wide receiver two. But That's last despicable. week, I had Funches as my wide receiver 25-ish. You had him in your 40s. Timmy said he'd end somewhere in between, so I'm just going to check real quick because he I probably know did end he ended. In between. No, I'm pretty sure he ended as a top 24 receiver. I mean, he so has 74 yards and a touchdown. Real quick. All right, that's the best game he's had all year. Good for him. Well, yeah, well, as you get... Why are you such a hater? He was a 16th receiver last week. Booyah. He has one, he has one game over five catches. And that was against Atlanta, so that's not even count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's... All right. Michael, how do you feel about Devin Funches, someone who has a f- clear mind? I mean, he's a wide receiver three, but... Ah, there he goes. We got it out of him. Yeah, I mean, only because of bias. <laughs> I have him as a high-end wide receiver three this week. Uh, like we said, the you beat Philadelphia through the air, so that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, Greg Olson wasn't super involved last week in his return. He'll probably be more involved this week, but I think they're moving more to a Devin Funches offense more than a Greg Olson offense. Olson just really hasn't been that effective recently. Well, going back t- till last year for most of the season. So yeah, I like Funches as a wide receiver. Greg three. Olson played 98% of the snaps last week. Saw seven targets and still did nothing with it. He has he's been a tight end one one time in the last 2 years. I and keep I know telling he's missed people, a lot of time with I injury, but I keep telling people yeah. like tight end, look, tight end sucks, so if you have Greg Olson, you're probably starting him. But he is not an ideal option. No. This is something we said in the beginning of the year. 
Yeah, Very we, over and over again. No one, none of us were drafting Greg Olson. Not even a guy that I was high on at the beginning of the year, and I feel like his game is coming. DJ Moore uh, continues to be more and more involved in the offense. Uh, five receptions for fifty-nine yards. He lost a fumble, and still they did not go away from him, which is a great sign uh, for a young kid. Uh, I feel like DJ Moore is one breakout game away from being uh, the starter. Last week he only played in forty-five percent of the snaps, but. Not I'm for, taking it. Not for nothing, Tim? Yeah. I know that you're on the DJ Moore bandwagon, and I, I agree that there's upside here. But you've been saying it's the week for a while now. No, I, look, I'm not say, I haven't said that. I have not said that. What I've been saying is eh. he's one week away from becoming a starter. He needs one giant game, and it's over. He's, he's going to be a fantasy valuable option after that. Look, this is I, all I know. The Eagles, are, the Eagles against number two receivers, which is where he would play on the outside— 30th in DVOA. But Torrey Smith is playing there. For most of the snaps, yes. But so is DJ Moore. All right. This is all I know. When it comes to rookies, they tend to, if they're effective, they tend to play more as the season goes on. DJ Moore gets Tampa Bay, Cleveland, New Orleans, and Atlanta the last four weeks of the fantasy season. So he's only 17% owned. If That's why I got to get into the playoffs because I have Cam Newton. And you're 5-1 <laughs> and one or 6-1 or and one after this week. And you have the space to stash him, and he ends up becoming a big part of the offense. He could be a league winner in the fantasy playoffs. Michael, that's magic to my ears. Uh, I don't know why I said magic to my ears. Um, and you made fun of me for saying gouge. <laughs> uh, any more Panthers you guys would like to talk about? Just touch on Cam. Well, Cam Newton. is obviously a he has QB multiple touchdowns in the last four games. So. You have to start Cam Newton if you have him. He's the second best fantasy quarterback. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Um, any CJ, I mean, Curtis Samuel love? No. Come on, guy. Samuel looked good though, Come on, guy. last week. Yeah, he did. He's, this is the second TSL year. TSL product. He's been, he's been in it. He's been in it. Uh, maybe my dart throw of the week? Curtis dart, Samuel? Dart throw of the week. Why Why did we stop doing dart throws of the week? Oh, that's, that's on you guys. You guys are going to get my, actually, I was going to say, you guys are going to get my dart throw of the week soon. But I'll just say it now since it's actually the game. It's Dallas Goddard, folks. And nice. as always, when it comes to my dart throws, I have a tendency to just choose guys that I have no, absolutely no reasoning for. I have absolutely no reasoning for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like Dallas Goddard is catching a touchdown this week. I just have, I just feel it in my loins. All right, so let's go on to the Eagles uh, after <laughs> discussing Michael's loins. Um, Carson Wentz, after the most popular thing for all these insiders to say is, Carson Wentz is going to have a bad game. And the Giants are going to beat the Eagles. Uh, to, 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 uh, no. Okay? If you would have listened to Brodo, we would, you would have started your Eagles and you would have been very happy for the yeah. most part. I told someone to start Alshon Jeffrey like right before kickoff, and he put him in the lineup, and it was glorious. Uh, so let's talk about Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, eight receptions for 74 yards and two touchdowns. He has been everything, every type of number one receiver, and Carson Wentz clearly loves throwing to him. Uh, this guy, start him every week. He's a every week starter. Well, Carson Wentz, since he's gotten back, has scored 12, 20, 21, and 24. Last week, 278 for, and three touchdowns. So he's getting better every week, and Alshon Jeffrey is getting 24% of his targets. So you're talking about a top quarterback, maybe even elite, and you're talking about his top receiver. So, yeah. I yeah, mean, this offense is run through Jeffrey and Zacherts. Zacherts last week was the first time he didn't get double-digit targets, and he had nine. So if he had one more target, he would have had 10 targets Nine. again. He's 
he's basically the whole offense with Alshon Jeffrey because Nelson Aguilar has slowly been getting phased out as his. I mean, honestly, I would I was on the bandwagon of Nelson Aguilar to start the year, but he just hasn't been playing well. He had a really bad game a couple of weeks ago, and he just hasn't been targeted as much since then. Ninety-one yards last week, but only on three catches. But those two, if you guys watch the games, two of those, the like eighty yards were on two catches that were both completely random. Like one of them, Carson Wentz just threw it up. Nelson Aguilar came out of nowhere and caught it. And another one was a broken play where Aguilar broke free. See, that's what I feel like. That's why Aguilar's fantasy value isn't the same. Because last year, when Carson Wentz was healthy, he was making those plays, and it was Aguilar he would look for. And now he's not making those plays because he's not running out of the pocket. So Aguilar has less of a role in the offense. Yeah, I think Aguilar has flex appeal this week. Not loving it, but against Carolina, like we said, like players like James Bradbury, like he's their top corner. He's not someone that you're gonna go away from. And here's the part where we tell you that last year ESPN said that you fade who did he, Julio <laughs> Jones. Julio Jones because he's facing James Bradbury. Brotofantasy.com. <laughs> your number one source for fantasy winning. Our rankings are up by the way if you can't tell since we just keep talking about our rankings, but yeah, Brotofantasy. Brotofantasy.com, the rankings are up. Um so let's talk about the uh, unless you want to talk about uh, Jordan Matthews. I mean Zach Ertz start of course. Of course, Jordan Matthews, guys. No, okay. No. Um, Corey Clement. Corey Clement. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about that backfield. Uh, Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood. Excuse me. Actually got the most carries. Eighteen carries for fifty-one yards. Wasn't very effective with them. But Corey Clement got that goal line carry. Eleven carries for forty-three yards and a touchdown. Neither of them were great, but both of them were adequate. Um, also, they added. Th- uh, Corey Clement added three catches. Um, Wendell Smallwood had one catch for zero yards. I think this is Wendell Smallwood's backfield. That's not the popular consensus in in fantasy. Yuckers. I feel like he has the most defined role, and if you're a PPR league, he's the clear option. What defines him? I was on the Wendell Smallwood bandwagon last week. I told Jason you guys was on the Clement. Corey Clement bandwagon. The answer. I'm I'm siding with Jason here for sure now. All uh, you have to do is watch that game. And Clement was on a. They said prior to the game he was on a snap count. So even with the snap count, he got the touchdown run. He looked way better than Wendell Smallwood did. So I'm definitely definitely think Clement is gonna be the guy to own in that backfield. I don't know if you're in a PPR league, I still like Smallwood, but I understand the, I understand. The I'm other loving side. Clement this week. I, like Michael said, he was the he was on a pitch count, but he was a goal line back and he was a clock killing snap back. count. I don't know why people say pitch count for NFL snaps. <laughs> this, I, they were saying pitch count. I know it just boggles my mind to say snap count. You you pick weird things to be mad about. Listen, Michael. you gonna pull a rabbit out of your head? Rabbit, that's what Jason Witten said, right? Yeah. If we're talking about bad commentating. <laughs> hey. I Jason Witten sucks. I said what something do you mean? like gouge. So does Booger McFarlane and all. Yo, yes, the Monday night is the worst. By the way, Carolina 25th in DVOA against the tight end. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Uh-oh. Eh? Uh-oh, Goddard. Uh-oh. Is there anyone else in this game that you guys would like to talk about? just want to stress Josh again, Adams is not going to be like Clement in this game. Useful. Of course, oh, Corey Clement is your guy in this game. Me and Michael. Yeah, me too. I had him we ranked. Him I thought I was going to have him higher than Michael, and then Michael joined me on the bandwagon. Hey, we got him at 17. All right, let's move on to the next game. Vikings at Jets. The J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, baby. Yeah, Donald, three, the three, future. Baby. Looks pretty damn good last week. But let's start with the Vikings because we start with the away teams. That's how we do it. Um, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Honestly, I never knew. The team that you say, I just look at. Well, that's because I'm the hostess with the mostest. Um, 
Kirk Cousins was pretty good, decent last week. 233, one touchdown, one interception. He had a much better game as a real life player than he did a fantasy he player. He did have a rushing touchdown, which salvaged his fantasy day. Very true. Uh, let's talk about the running attack. Latavius Murray, 24 carries for 155 yards and a touchdown. As we said before, everyone gouges ha, 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 uh-huh. the Arizona Cardinals, and Latavius Murray was not any different. Is Was this a product of we played the Cardinals and that's why I'm good, or is this a guy with Dalvin Cook still out that you could start during, against the Jets? 100% the Cardinals. 100%. The uh like you got, like you said before, the Minnesota offensive line has been really bad. Uh, that was their first rushing touchdown of the uh, of the year last last week. Two of them actually, Murray and Cousins also ran one in on a read option that worked to perfection. But yeah, now they're going to the Jets, who have a a lot better defense than they get credit for. They're actually the second high scoring defense so far in fantasy this year. Uh, they've only allowed running backs to top sixty yards against them three times of five games this year. Only allowing 20 points per game to the running back, which is good for about the middle of the league. Yeah, So, and Latavius Murray isn't a great running back by any means, which is why I think it's going to be definitely more of a passing game. And the Jets are actually second in the NFL in opposing to, of giving up fantasy points to opposing, opposing slot wide receivers. I'm this bugging guy. out here. So... Adam Thielen, baby, is just going to keep it rolling. Going up against Perry Nickerson and Buster Screen. So I'm looking for Adam Thielen to have another huge game. Um, so Michael kind of jumped into the passing options. So let's get into those passing options. Uh, obviously, Adam Thielen, if you're not starting him every week, then uh, you're probably not winning in fantasy. Uh, if you have him on your team and you decide you want to sit him, that's a very terrible idea. He's Don't my number that. one receiver this week. Stefan Diggs, on the other hand, he had another game where it was kind of like lackluster. Every once in like every once every four or five weeks, Stefan Diggs will throw out a game like this: three for thirty-three, one rush, one rush for nine yards. Uh, the Jets have had a pretty good pass defense. Uh, how are you nervous about Stefan Diggs, and where do you see him finishing this week? I'm not too worried. Tremaine Johnson is still dealing with an injury. Uh, <clears throat> Diggs moves around, so it's not like he's going to be just seeing Claiborne. He's been really good this season. If you look at the Jets have allowed eight touchdown passes in their last three games. And then if you look at on the road, Kirk Cousins has posted 14, 32, and 35. So Kirk Cousins has had his two best games on the road this year. Uh, Not too much of a surprise on a new team. So maybe he's more comfortable on the road. Who really knows there? But he's been better on the road this season against similar defenses. It's not like he's had cakewalks on the road and tough matchups at home. So I think that... You want to keep following that trend. Cousins going to have a good game. Thielen's going to have a good game. And I think Diggs is also going to have a good game. Yeah, I agree with you there. The Jets have allowed five 100-yard receivers on the season, so it's basically one a game. Wouldn't I be surprised if Diggs... Uh, Thielen's definitely getting there, per huge. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Diggs gets there as well. But huge. I, I think this is a solid week for Diggs to find the end zone. Uh, dig it. Against the tight end, the Jets are 20th in DVOA, so hasn't they're they're always getting. Uh, I'm sorry, 25th. Nope, I was right the first time. 23rd in DVOA. There you go against the tight end. Um, f- they've allowed about 10 points per game to the tight end, which doesn't look like a lot, but this year it's a shit ton. Yeah. Um, how you liking Kyle Rudolph in this game? You know, surprisingly enough, though, the Jets have only allowed one top 12 finish to tight ends 
so far this year. So they're giving up some yards and such, but they're not really getting beat by the tight I end. I mean, you have to look at who they play. They haven't played great tight ends yet. I'm putting up the just yeah. schedule now, um, but just off but the I top mean, I'm of my head. I'm always a Kyle Rudolph guy, so you think this he has a good chance they, ever. They play the Lions, who don't use the tight end at all. Uh, the Dolphins, who don't have a tight end. The Jaguars, who ASJ, ASJ is out for the year. Uh, David Njoku wasn't the same when they played the Browns. Uh, the Broncos don't have a tight end to speak of. And the Colts, Eric Ebron did work against them. So, like, it, it is a it, you have to look back at the schedule and see if there's a matter of talent at this point as well. Yeah. You'd like to see Rudolph score a touchdown at some point again. It's been a little bit. Um, anyone, I wouldn't be surprised if Cousins throws three touchdowns this week. So I, I wouldn't be surprised either. Any, to go around. Anyone else on the Vikings you guys want to talk about? Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, totally. I'll Good pass. one. <laughs> All right. Let's go to uh, the, the Jets. Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Sam Darnold finally gets a chance to air it out a little bit against this Colts defense. Um, excuse me, two, 24 for 30, 280 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, eight yards on the ground, so that's .8 points for you. Um, Killing it. Let's talk about his passing options. Uh What's his name is out? Quincy Nuna is going to be out. Terrell Pryor dealing with an injury. Robbie Anderson dealing with an injury. That leaves Jermaine Curse. Last week, nine receptions for 94 yards. When he got his opportunities last year, he was great. Every time he was, he got more than nine targets last season. He had 104 yards in a touchdown and 150-plus yards in a touchdown in last year's games when he got that opportunity. Is Jermaine Curse a guy that you guys are plugging and playing off the waiver wire this week? Look, yeah. since he came back, he's had four, five, six, and then nine targets. Ten targets, actually. Uh, he, slopped it, he slotted into that slot role and just took a Nuno out of it, and that's why Nuno's production has gone down while his has... He was on the up and up. He wasn't really a big name people are on but i was watching him and then now with all these injuries and he's established that he's a slot receiver there that's a guy you want jeremy bates runs an offense that's uh gets quick passes out which is good for slot receivers i think jermaine curse uh you want to attack the vikings through the slot not on the outside curse is a very good play this week i think yeah i shout out curse a couple of weeks ago someone to keep an eye on but robbie anderson missed practice too uh, Terrell Pryor missed practice today, too. So it's looking at like it might just be Jermaine Curzon sure on peak out there if unless something turns around for Robbie Which sucks Pryor. for the Jets. Yeah. Uh, uh, so obviously we're recording this on Wednesday. It's Wednesday at 9.09 East Coast time uh, in New York City. So we are recording... Like we're we already know who played on Wednesday, but Thursday and Friday are the real big days. Where if they don't practice on Thursday and Friday, good chance they're not playing. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Broto Fantasy. Uh, log into the website brotofantasy.com, and we will keep you updated on these players and whether to play them or not. I know I got screwed out of not knowing if Matt Breida was going to play last week, um, so he did, and yeah, that that wasn't very good. Um, so let's go to the backfield then. Uh, Isaiah Crowell had a Isaiah Crowell game, one good game, one bad game, 13 for 40. Is he going to keep it up and go for 150 yards and a touchdown like he's been doing? I don't love it this week. Uh, Minnesota actually has a pretty stout run defense despite their lack of defense overall this year. They they average 93 rushing yards given up a game, which is not high at all for total rushing yards for a team. 
Only 16.7 points to the running back this year in, in half-point PPR. That is bottom third in the league. Yeah. Well, like top third in the league, How, depending on what you're looking at. They're the bottom third, third for the best. running backs. Third best. In a good way. Right, in a good way. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a touchdown-needed game for Isaiah Crowell, in my opinion. I think he's a solid flex option, but I'm not loving him as a top 24 running back this week. There isn't another backfield in the NFL that's as split as these two are. Mm-hmm. Blaw Powell's gotten double-digit touches every game. Isaiah Crowell, if he, he needs to score a touchdown. Powell doesn't really score touchdowns. None of them are really involved in the passing game. So it was really touchdown or bust with both of them. Crowell is the goal line guy, and he's also been the one with the big plays, so he's more reliable. Someone who you could possibly start as a running back three flex guy. Powell, I don't love so much. Yeah, I'm not loving Powell this week either. I prefer Crowell of the bunch. But, uh, I mean, th- don't love either of them, really. Uh, anyone else in this game you guys got talking about? Chris Herndon caught a touchdown, but it was on a beautifully Herndon. designed play. I mean, I'm keeping an eye on Chris Herndon, though, because if the receivers can't go, he might be forced into a little more work. True that. And he's athletic. You saw him make, you've seen him. We're Jets fans, so we watched the games closely. We've seen him make a, a couple plays that. You're like, hey, this kid might have a future. We've also seen him misplays. We have a lot of rookie mistakes. You would see on the stat sheet if he caught them. Right, right. But his opportunities have been there in most games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's move on from this game then. It's our favorite part of the week. We get to break down the Bills. Bills at Colts. Who are you playing with the Bills? Nobody except LaShawn McCoy. Maybe not even McCoy. Not with Derek Anderson on the center. Uh, Derek Anderson comes from off his couch to on the field. That's how bad Nathan Peterman is. Yep. You're better off playing a guy who's like 38 years old and hasn't played football in two years. But did you see what he was Nathan like baking Peterman cookies said at after home the last game? Sunday. Y'all guys, you guys are gonna have to talk at different times. You're, your voices sound Sorry. way too similar to be talking but at the same time. <laughs> did you hear what Nathan Peterman said after the game? What? Basically said that uh, it's all about his faith and that like he's. Like, football is not even, like, number one in his life right now. Listen, there was nothing wrong with what he said, and I think that everyone that's giving him shit on Twitter is an asshole. So now you're an asshole, too. There was nothing wrong with what he said. They asked him, and he was like, look, football isn't the end-all, be-all. I still have my faith and family or whatever, and I'm still going to live a happy life. Yo, yeah, it's true. He knows he sucks. It's not something you want to hear from a quarterback. If you're a Bills fan, you're not trying to hear that. He's not the future. But still, he has nine interceptions. In like You're still seven not saying that quarters. to the media. Like, uh, I hope the, Jesus needs to save him right now because he's not throwing any. That's touchdowns. like basically him saying, "I'm retiring." Nah, no, like, man, it wasn't that bad, dude. Come on, come on, Jason. Either way, I think Lashawn McCoy is a low end RB two this week, just out of pure volume going against Indy because Derek Anderson, as we said last month, he was on vacation with his family. Now he's starting a NFL football game, and McCoy was finally back with his full complement of snaps last week, and it seems like that that is going to continue. So, I mean, if he's in line for over 20 touches again, as he got last week and the week before, then he could be a low-end RB, too. I don't love him as more than a flex play. There's, there's not going to be a lot of offense to go around there. All right, let's go to the uh, – I mean, Calvin Benjamin and, J- and Zay Jones are NFL receivers. Next, Kelvin Benjamin, there, there's a story going around, a true story, that Josh Allen went he up denies Calvin it. Benjamin prior to the game. He denies it. I don't know, man. There's a lot of people who said it's true. And even Sean McDermott said, I spoke to both guys. Their relationship is fine. He didn't deny it. But what happened was 
Josh Allen went up to Calvin Benjamin and said, hey, you want to run some routes? And Calvin Benjamin said no prior to the game. Uh, you got to love Andrew Luck lately. He's been killing it. 301 and four touchdowns. Yes, he threw three interceptions, but the first one was kind of a fluke. Uh, the other three, the other two are just him trying to make plays with guys like Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson, Zach Pascal, uh, running routes for him. So, um, he's trying to overextend himself, but for fantasy, uh, he's been great. Uh, you're starting Andrew Luck in this matchup and you're extremely happy about it. I I'm really happy about it. He's he's beat up better defenses than the Bills. I think that the Bills are underrated defense. Without a uh, doubt, but you're gonna you're gonna they're that good we're gonna bench a stud quarterback. Hear me out, guy. Okay. Right. I'm hearing you out. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, and Phillip Rivers all had below average games against the Bills. Also, when has Andrew Luck done all his work in his entire career? The answer is garbage time or in comeback mode because his defense sucks. Against the Bills, they're gonna be lucky if they score three points. What? They're at home. The Bills. The Bills are going to oh, be lucky oh, oh, if they score say, three. What? The Bills you are going to be the lucky. Colts are going to score three points. Or you think they're that points. good? And this is not an area where Andrew Luck has been in a lot, and not in comeback mode. It's not someone I don't want. I don't know, man. I have Luck as a low end QB one because he or after after you guys week bet? three, I'll make a bet that he's not a quarterback. After week three, since he started slinging it, he's been thirty-five and a half, twenty-four and a half, and twenty-five and a half points. I'll take that bet. Make a bet. All right. There you I go. mean, I have him as my quarterback 11, so I don't want to make that bet. Fine. I'll make, make a it. bet with Tim. Booyah. I'll write that down. Add it to our bets. I We went over the bets yesterday. Well, I did at least, and I sent it to the bros. How much you want I'm, to I'm killing it so Here far. Here we go. Yeah, saying. I knew he was going to say that. You are not killing it. It's week six. Week six. Stupid. Jesus. Anyway. Stupid man. But yeah, after. By the way, we don't just end we like we do like in week 16 when the season ends. We go past that. Um, probably gonna go past that even more. More news to come. But um, let's go to the running back situation in Indy. Marlon Mack comes back and demands the carries in the backfield. Not only that, it's super effective. Twelve carries for eighty-nine yards. Uh, Naheem Hines disappears. Robert Turbin not involved. Uh, four four carries for him. At this point, if you are running back desperate, Marlon Mack, he's a flex playing. He's a godsend for someone who might need a running back and now has Marlon Mack on the squad. I'm not going to go that far. I still don't think the upside's that high with a Colts running back. But he played 24 snaps last week and had 12 touches. so 14 touches. 14 touches, so you can't complain about someone who's touching the ball more than half the times they're on the field. Uh, right now, he's still not trustworthy enough in my eyes this week because, as I said, he only played 24 snaps last week. So if we're going to bank on him moving up a little bit, and then getting 60% of the touches while he's on the field again. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. So someone who you probably should have on your team and stash, but I'm not feeling I'm not feeling the start just yet. Yeah, I mean, I like him a little more than Jason does this week. I think he, he's a solid RB3, more of a lower-end flex option. But if the, if the Colts are able to take an early lead against Buffalo, which I don't doubt with Derek Anderson at the helm for Buffalo – then Marlon Mack should be able to get more work, and if he could find the end zone, he could have a solid game. Sneakily, Buffalo has allowed a lot of receptions out of the backfield. They've been allowing eight receptions and 50 yards almost out of the backfield. Is this a game where you're considering Naheem Hines? Not no. really. I don't think it's going to be a check-down passing type of game for Luck. He's, I'm not expecting to make as many attempts as he has been recently. All right, let's go on to the pass-catching options then. I do think both defenses are viable options, though. The Colts, of course, against Dark Anderson. Yeah. And the Bills are actually a top five scoring defense, fancy wise, so far this year. And 
We saw what the Jets did to the Colts last week. And Andrew five Luck turnovers. Yeah, Andrew Luck will try and do too much and throw some interceptions. Yep. Um, let's go over to the passing options now. T. Y. Hilton looks like he's gonna be back. Thank uh, you, Hilton. Full participant. <laughs> full participant in practice this week. Um, Tre'Davious White on him though. Is that something that's gonna make you stay away from him, Jason? So, to the extent that he's a back end wide receiver too this week. Okay. Uh, he's coming back from injury. It's a tough matchup. But he's still the number one receiver who's going to get double-digit targets. When he was out, Chester Rogers basically came into that role. Uh, and if we're looking at targets and air yards, he was basically T.Y. Hilton uh, and put up double-digit half PPR points in every single game. So if Chester Rogers can do it, T.Y. Hilton can definitely do it. So I'm not going to shy away just because it's Tredavious White. But just because he's coming back from injury, the upside isn't great. Yeah, but T.Y. Hilton was a super solid receiver the first three weeks when Andrew Luck was still getting back in the groove. Week four is when Andrew Luck finally took a step back to slinging it downfield. And T.Y. Hilton had four receptions for 115 yards and like a quarter and a half. So, and now he's going, uh, he has to go against Tredavious White, which isn't great, but he'll get his shots. I have him as my wide receiver 20 this week. All right. Uh, anyone else? Uh, let's talk about the tight end situation. Yep. Um, Eric Ebron, four receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. He is the number one tight end in fantasy football this week. I mean, this year, uh, I'm winning that bet. Jack Doyle or Eric Ebron. Yeah, luckily. Uh, Number two. Number two after Kelsey. Yeah, you're right. Um, But Jack Doyle might come back this week. If Jack Doyle comes back, is he eating into Eric Ebron's stats? And not only that, are either of them or both of them startable? Zach Ertz is the number one tight end, by the way, not Kelsey. The answer is yes. To all of your questions. So, uh, let's recap your questions. <laughs> I think that this week, Eric Ebron is viable. He's still a top-notch tight end because Jack Doyle will probably be eased back. He's been out for a while. I mean, he's still... He didn't practice He today. might not even play exactly. He's so not going to play. Ebron will be startable as long as Doyle is out. And when Doyle comes back, probably in the beginning games. But... Possibly a sell-high candidate because I think when Doyle comes back, Ebron's volume is going to fall and he's not going to be but the same. With guy. the way the tight end landscape is right now, selling high on a tight end, like you could you probably get? get someone good. But like then, there's what? probably what some crazy person out there who would swap Ebron for T.Y. Hilton, and then you can just go pick up C.J. Uzoma. Who wants C.J. Uzoma though? When you could have Eric Ebron, and then you could pick up <laughs> Chris Herndon. Jeff Howerman, Dallas Goddard. <laughs> Gotta love these names. It's it's tough trading tight ends when it's the landscape is this terrible. Go grab David Njoku, folks. Uh, anyone else you'd like to talk about in this game? Uh, Chester Rogers, uh, Zach Pascal, Ryan Grant. Their value goes down if T.Y. Hilton returns. Yeah, they all become pointless, basically. Chester Rogers maybe as a flex option if he still gets some work. but And Ryan Grant, too. But I'm not trusting either of them. But Chester Rogers... Is, has not been good. He's just been getting the volume. Next game on the docket, Pats at Bears. Uh, the, the Bears. The Patriots look like they are completely brand new again. They're looking like the old Pats. Brand new again. Uh, let's talk about them for a second because I think even though the Bears defense has been so good, you're starting every single path that you can. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously you're starting him. 341 touchdown. We don't got to talk much about that. Let's talk about Sony Michel. Another 24 carries, another 100 yards, two touchdowns. He looked the best he's looked as a running back in this game. 
I think he's an RB1 for the rest of the season. Sony Michelle has, like, he hasn't been playing since week one. Like, he hasn't been the starting running back since week one. You know what I'm saying? But he's second in the league in red zone rush attempts already. He has 21, just ahead of Kamara's 20. And just with air quotes behind Todd Gurley's league leading 37. <laughs> so, dude, Todd Gurley has 11 touchdowns on the season already. He's on pace to get like 27. Yeah, so Michelle hasn't even played the entire season. Second in the league in red zone carries, fourth in carries inside the five. Uh, that's someone you want, especially on the Patriots. This is someone that me and Timmy wanted late in the draft. Michael was shying away. This is what we all wanted a healthy Rex Burkhead to be, but he got injured. Probably, uh, and like probably, I think Sony Michelle takes that job. I think Tony Michelle takes that job from Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, Rex, definitely take the job from Rex Ryan. Rex Burkhead, even if he's healthy, Sony Michelle is a much better running. You back hand it to Rex you hand is. it to Rex Ryan inside the five. He's going down. <laughs> the thing about Sony Michelle is though that he in those three games he's had two total targets and one reception, so he is pretty touchdown dependent to have a great game. He has a touchdown, a touchdown, and two touchdowns in three straight games. If he didn't get those touchdowns, he'd be more of a low-end RB2. That Michael, week. what's your opinion? My team is a little bit in shambles now that I just lost Cooper Cup, too. I offered Timmy Kamara for Michelle and Diggs. I think I'd rather have Kamara than Michelle and Diggs. What? That's crazy to me. I'm definitely what? not accepting that trade. You're that far off on that side? I mean, if with Ingram back, like... I mean, he's going to be good, but how could you trade a guy who's definitely going to be at least 20 carries a game? Kamara was the number one player last year besides Todd Gurley. I hear you, but it's, I mean, different circumstances. So you're drinking the Mark Ingram Kool-Aid, huh? I'm I'm not, but I'm not, but I'm also not trading Sony Michelle and Stefan Diggs for it. Either way, Michelle's not involved in the passing game. Like, I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but to trade two studs like that. I don't know if he'll be an RB1 the rest of the year, more of an RB2 high end. Because he is going to need the touchdowns to continue that type of output. Because James White is... What I'm excited about is Josh Gordon playing 81% of the snaps. It's Josh Gordon time in New England, baby. Let's talk about those those pass-catching options. Josh Gordon getting more and more involved in the offense. And if you saw Bill Belichick, he kind of... Instead of doing his real Bill Belichick, yeah, yeah, he's been pretty good. He got pretty excited when he was talking about Josh Gordon and how much he's being trusted in the offense more and more each week. He says uh, this is going to open up a lot more passing lanes for the rest of them. Uh, first of all, let's talk about Josh Gordon. Then I want to talk about Gronk. And a lot of Gronk owners are frustrated. Uh, let, we'll talk more about that in a second. But Josh Gordon, let's talk about him. Where do you have him this week? Uh, I have him as a back-end wide receiver too. I think that when you're playing 80% of the snaps with a Tom Brady-led team and you're as talented as he is, there's no reason not to be excited about it. Uh, and then if you look around at the other pieces, Julian Edelman, since he came back, is tied with James White for the most red zone targets. So he's just doing his thing. Uh, and then the Bears have a lot of tight end touchdown in four straight games. So if Gronk's going to score, it has to be now. He has one red zone target of the Patriots 29. He has the same amount of red zone targets as James Devlin, their fullback. Think about that for a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Gronk owner. As the season came closer, I became more and more inclined to taking Gronk in the second round, and it's been absolutely pissing me off because he doesn't have a touchdown since week one. The last two weeks, he just barely reached double digits. The other three weeks, he did not reach double digits. I don't know what's going on there, but 
They need to get this guy the ball more. Jason? I mean, I just said the Bears have a lot of tight end touchdown on four straight games. Yeah. James White is going to be a startable point. option every single week. I would put him, I don't even put him in the running backs. He's a pass catcher. He's like a slot he receiver. He finally showed mm-hmm. his his uh that he's not a RB1 type. Everyone was getting super hyped about James White as a possible RB1 rest of the season. And then ah. last week, yeah, he he had 11 and a half points, which is obviously solid, but I I mean, I'm not expecting like 18 points a week from this guy. Like 11 to 15 is more in the range where you'd expect. I don't think his, his, he changes that much from what he's been. Um. So let's move on to the Bears then. Uh, uh, Bears. Jordan, how the hell are you supposed to play this guy? Uh, 14 carries for 69 yards. So effective, just not in a fantasy way, in more of a real life way. Tariq Cohen on the end, five receptions for, I mean, five carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. But the thing that really stands out, seven catches for 90 yards. It seems as though the people who thought, who bought into Jordan Howard's um, going to be the every down back in Chicago, that seems to be, a, seems to be a thing of the past. It seems like Jordan on the ground and Tariq Cohen in the air. With that being said, how do you feel about both of these guys this week? Give me a little, uh, so this isn't adding up, right? Tariq Cohen's snap percentage has gone from 40% to 48% since week one to now. Jordan Howard's has dropped from 71% to 51%. So is it really that he's being replaced by Tariq Cohen? Or is it that he's just not being used? Well, I mean, both, clearly. Cohen's snap count is going he's up. Dropping he's dropping 20%. More too. Tariq Cohen went up eight. Because Benny Cunningham, for some reason, still gets work. Mind-boggling. I don't but know. Cohen's, I think Cohen's opportunities are going way up. Howard still had 14 carries. He, had a, he almost had a touchdown last week and fumbled it, right? He did fumble yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but the Bears just gave up 100 yards. Not the Bears. The Patriots just gave up 100 yards to Frank Gore. But like, I mean, look. Cohen had 20 total touches two weeks ago. Had 28 fantasy points. Had 12 total touches last week. Had 20 fantasy points. It was the Bears who gave up 100 yards for Frank Gore. I got my stuff all confused. And then, and then you got Terry Cohen going against New England. And New England has allowed 18 receptions to opposing running backs over the last two weeks. And their offense is dynamic per usual. So, I mean, I, th- I'm pr- I think that the Bears are going to be more in comeback mode this game, which fits right into the Terry Cohen uh, style of play. So I think Terry Cohen is a better play than Jordan Howard this week. I prefer him, and I think he's a solid RB2 option. Uh, let's go to Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky for the second week in a row is a fantasy viable quarterback. 316, three touchdowns, and one interception through the air. On the ground, eight carries for 47 yards. Sneakily, he's a running quarterback. Uh, no one really wants to you know, accept it. Uh, they are probably going to be in comeback mode a little bit this week. Are you a Mitch Trubisky guy this week? Trubisky is averaging 50 yards on the ground the last two weeks. So if that keeps up, then he's definitely someone you can start looking at as a back-end quarterback one. But right now, yeah, against the Patriots, I think he can be, actually. I mean, if you look at the way he's been running and if you look at the way that the Matt Nagy offense has been um, evolving, using Tariq Cohen more, uh, using Taylor Gabriel more, using their weapons, you can see that Trubisky is more comfortable, and if his legs are going to give him that type of floor, then I do think he could be a back-end QB1. 
Yeah, Mitchy Troops is out here uh, putting in work the last couple of weeks. I'm not totally buying into it. Uh, I think he's more of a QB2 this week, but he's definitely raising his stock fantasy-wise. Uh, let's go to the pass-catching options. Taylor Gabriel, five receptions for 110 yards. Jason was, has been all over Taylor Gabriel for a long time now. Um, hey, beer pong rules. He's heating up. <laughs> Is he someone that you're starting every week in a wide receiver three position if he puts up another one of the games? Uh, I'm starting him as a wide receiver three this week. Boom! I have him ranked there. I think that uh, he's seeing nearly as many targets as Allen Robinson. I believe like four or less. But uh, Gabriel is the deep ball threat. He's better at yak than Allen Robinson. So why are we not starting Gabriel over Allen Robinson? I think that uh, as the Nagy offense has grown, Gabriel's role has grown. He's seen a good amount of targets every game. And when you're someone as dynamic as him, you can make things happen when you're touching the ball. Yeah, uh, he should have. The Patriots have a solid secondary. It's not superb. I mean, they're going to, and like we said, they're going to have to pass this game. So I think they'll, they'll even find a way to get Taylor Gabriel the ball near the line of scrimmage if they have to on some wide receiver screens. So I think Gabriel is a solid play. I also think just because of the wide receiver landscape this week, which I think is pretty ugly, uh, Allen Robinson becomes a pretty solid play as a wide receiver two-ish as well, but he needs to find the end zone to be any sort of usable. Is there any uh, – tra- let's talk about Trey Burton. I shouldn't say is there anyone. Trey Burton, uh, for the second week in a row, was a tight end one. He's a tight end one um, overall this year, although he's not as good as many people were expecting. Trey Burton is averaging three catches a game. He's I'm, really being kept afloat by his touchdown. That Exactly. But <laughs> can you complain? <laughs> he was being drafted as what, the eighth tight end? Yeah. And what's he doing? He's being the eighth tight end. You knew what you were getting. Can you complain? Let's see if he's been the eighth tight end. I'm going to look this up. Let's see if you're bluffing or telling the truth. Why would he be bluffing? No, I just want to see where he actually is ranked currently. We got Ertz, Ebron, Kelsey, Cook, Kittle, Gronk, Hooper, Graham, Rudolph, Howard, Burton at 11. Like 12, 11. So, I mean, obviously he's been a letdown. People are drafting him saying, oh, he's going to reach 1,000 yards and catch eight touchdowns. That hasn't happened, but yeah, as long as he's finding the end zone. But if he doesn't, it's going to be rough. But I mean, his his lowest total output the last four weeks is seven and a half. You'll take that from a tight end. All right, let's go on to our last game. Unless someone else you want to talk about in this game. Nope. I think we good. Yeah. Anthony Miller caught a touchdown? No. Just want to put that out there. All right, so Browns at Buccaneers is the great one. Uh, we've been talking about the Browns' upcoming schedule, uh, and here they are. In their upcoming schedule, they're it's supposed begun. to kill. The The Buccaneers are on pace right now to be the worst pass defense in NFL history. Uh, Baker Mayfield has not been playing well. 22-46 last game. Ugh. Uh, 238 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. But if he's going to do it against any defense, it's going to be this defense. Uh, we're in a bipocalypse. We're in one of those uh, bye weeks where you, there's a bunch of starting quarterbacks out there, Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson, a couple other guys that you are every week starters for teams. Are you considering streaming Baker Mayfield this week? Michael, uh, start us off. Uh, Baker Mayfield is a viable streaming option this week because of how dreadfully bad the Buccaneers' defense is. They have allowed, out of five games total, they've given up four QB1s. Uh, out of four games total, 
they've given up seven top 24 receivers. And all five games, they've given up a top 12 tight end. So basically every week, a top-notch plan is to attack Tampa Bay. So starting Baker Mayfield is definitely a viable option. He is a rookie, which it's that's his the only downfall here that maybe he'll be the first to struggle against Tampa Bay. But I'm a big believer in Baker Mayfield, so I don't see that happening. I think he has big success and a solid game. He also hasn't had a lot of help. There's people dropping balls, a lot of balls. Antonio Calloway, cough, cough. Even Jarvis Landry. So far, 45% of Jarvis Landry's targets have been deemed uncatchable since uh, Baker Mayfield has taken over. That's a lot. That's a lot, but it's also a part of Hugh Jackson being an asshole and not letting uh, Mayfield ever run with the ones until he had to come in against the Jets. So I think that with time, there will be improvement. And I mean, just like uh, personally, we, we know that if you're a, a team that's struggling a bit and you're facing a team that is bad at defense, it's going to help you get out of your funk. And I think that that is what's going to happen this week. I think Mayfield is a very good option. He hasn't been too bad. He's been throwing a lot, and someone who's throwing a lot against Tampa Bay is what you want. I think Landry's a good play. Uh, in Joku, tight ends are destroying the Buccaneers, giving up almost 100 yards per game. So in Joku, someone you want. I like the pass catchers and Mayfield. Yeah, I have a new joke. I didn't think Michael is going to hate me for it, but I think Callaway is a nah. good flex play this week. Nah. He's seeing like 10 targets a game. Nah. All he has to do is catch one deep ball. He's like this year's Zay Jones, though. Like Zay he's been Jones. that ineffective. Like remember how Zay Jones last year was getting all these targets and involvement and just didn't do anything with it? That's Antonio Callaway this year. Yeah, I have David Njoku as my number four tight end this week besides the big three of Percy and Elts. That's that's, that's high praise. Um, Just for the record, Jarvis Landry and Antonio Callaway combined for 20-plus targets, and that was good for four catches for um, 20 yards. Big-time get-right game for Jarvis Landry this week. Um, Let's go to the running game. Duke Johnson finally got back in the offense. Hey, Duke, where you been? Uh, four receptions for 73 yards out of the backfield. Uh, even got two carries, which he never really gets carries, so that's cool. Two carries for 36 yards. Uh, is Duke Johnson all of a sudden someone you're considering starting? Not someone quite yet, someone I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, I mentioned last week that he was starting to play a little more. Still yet to see more than six touches in a game, so you want to see him do more than that before you can rely on him. But it's uh, good to see from the Browns' perspective, and it's not really taking away from Carlos Hyde, who's a – just the runner on the team. But we've seen how touchdown dependent Carlos Hyde can be. But when you're facing the Bucks, a team that gives up touchdowns to every position imaginable, I think Carlos Hyde is also a good play, whereas Duke Johnson, I'll wait it out. I like Duke Johnson this week. Uh, Tampa Bay's 30th in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield. Eight catches a game for 65 yards. I am absolutely trying to play. Agreed. I have Duke Johnson in a flex in one of my leagues. I think he's a viable flex option. Yeah, just I'm lower on Carlos Hyde than most this week just because Carlos Hyde has been just ineffective for weeks now. Leads the league uh, in rushing attempts. Yeah. It's not not for lack of trying. Leads the league in rushing attempts, and he hasn't reached double-digit fantasy points in back-to-back games. 14.5 the week before that. He only has one game this year of more than 15 fantasy points. So, I mean... He's getting a ridiculous amount of work and doing very little with it. Uh, 
how about Nick Chubb? Another three carries. Just Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Like they refuse to give him the ball for some reason, even though he's been ultra effective with it in his hands. Three carries for twenty five yards. That's an eight point three clip. How long until Nick Chubb kind of starts to move in on that job? On the season, Nick Chubb is averaging over ten yards a carry. I think it's not gonna happen. I do. I think this is a it's a Hugh Jackson we're talking to, about. Similar to a David Johnson scenario of his rookie year where he came onto the scene in the second half and basically took over. I think I'm no. stashing Chubb in a couple of leagues. You you're gonna count on Hugh Jackson to make a good call. And we don't even know if it's a good call. Sample size is important here. I mean, I'm willing to take the risk on it. Uh, another dart throw of the week, Damian Ratley. Damian Ratley. I'll pass. Yeah, come on. Came out of the blue last week it's and a had a good pretty name. solid game. But it's a good name. Not a good dart throw, though. I think I believe he was the sixth-round pick this year for Cleveland, wide receiver. So... I'm I'm not touching him though this week at least. Let's go over to the Buccaneers side for our last game of the episode. Jameis Winston did not disappoint. We told you to flex, uh, stream him, and if you did, you got 30 points out of him. 30 He's of 41 for 395, four touchdowns and two interceptions against a Falcons defense that has no business being anywhere close to the field. The Browns like to get pressure on Jameis. This is definitely not going to be. Um, anything like last week but is he still a streaming option against a pretty good defense yeah i'm not gonna trust him here i have him as a i have him as a high-end quarterback too so if you want to start him fine but i'm not he's not in my top 12 i think that every quarterback against cleveland has underperformed this year so i'm not trusting winston unless he's in a very good matchup and that relays over to his weapons where me and michael are pretty Different on our opinions for Mike Evans this week. Michael has him at 11 where most people have him. And I have him at 23 because Mike Evans is simply not a wide receiver one with Jameis Winston. Uh, People need to start understanding this. Uh, I'm actually a little disappointed, Michael. The Browns against the quarterback, uh, 16th. Um, I'm sorry, not 16th. Giving up 16 points a game. Excuse me. Uh, That is good for the 7th best in the league. So... Pretty good praise there and yeah. pretty pretty good numbers there. Michael, my, Jason just said Mike Evans is not a fantasy viable wide receiver number one right now. Uh, you have him as a wide receiver one or I just did. outside. Uh, no, I have him as my wide receiver 11, I believe, oh, Jason said it was. There you go. So tell us why. Uh, because, yeah, the Browns unit is a solid defensive unit overall, but they don't have any overpowering cornerbacks. I mean, Denzel Ward has been good. But he is he's not gonna man up one on one on Evans, I don't think. And they just they're more they're better they're blah, they're better as a unit than they are as individual players. So I think Mike Evans, who is one of the best receivers in the league when he gets the chance to be, is gonna get the ball thrown to him but early Winston and often. Doesn't give him the chance to be. Not I mean, you're acting like he's never had a wide receiver one game with Jameis Winston. It's rare recently. More rare than before. I will Fitzpatrick admit sits and Evans becomes a a what? Not a wide receiver one. <laughs> what? I'm I'm trusting Mike Evans this week in a down week for wide in the wide receiver landscape. I'm selling Mike Evans before people start seeing him putting up. I'm okay with selling week. him, but I think he has a solid matchup against Cleveland. Has given up the uh, the tenth. They're bo- the bottom ten in the league in points allowed to wide receivers so far this fancy season too. So, 
Adam Humphreys, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, the other wide receiver options. All of them had fantasy viable games last week. Humphreys, three receptions for 82 yards. As Johnny loves to tell us, uh, our brother Johnny, by the way, at Johnny Petrop, and Tacos and Liquor out now on all streaming services. Uh, Adam Humphreys is one of Jameis Winston's favorites as well. Three receptions for 82 yards. Deshaun Jackson's four receptions for 77. Chris Godwin's six receptions led the way for 56 yards and a touchdown. If you had to start a second receiver from the Bucks in this game, who are you leaning? I think it's gross, but I'm going to go Deshaun Jackson just because he has the boom potential. Uh, Michael's a big Chris Godwin guy, but Godwin played behind Adam Humphreys last week, and I know Godwin is the preferred red zone target there, but if he's not scoring touchdowns, he's not helping you in any way. So I think that it's very concerning to see that he played behind Humphreys. And then you have to consider that Winston's number one target is his tight end. He loves throwing to his tight end. O.J. Howard hopped Brait last week. Brait still scored a touchdown. So Howard's a viable tight end one. Brait can even give you a solid week as well. And then there's just not enough to go around for me to trust Humphreys or Godwin more than a flex play. Chris Goddard had nine targets last week. But he played less than Humphreys. I mean, well, what's... This is against an Atlanta secondary that's completely shit as well. You have to remember that. What's that have to do with Chris Goddard and Humphreys? He has double digits in four If anything, you're supporting me by saying... Yeah, I'm supporting you. He did well because it was against Atlanta. Yeah, why do you think I'm going against you, man? What's what's up? Goddard has (laughs) had double digits in four or five games this year. He has a touchdown in four games. He keeps getting... Every week he gets shit on for producing. I think he's a solid wide receiver three this week. Wouldn't be surprised if he finds end zone again. Um, if I have him in a couple leagues and I'm gonna play him. That's that. And then Peyton Barber finally showed up. Like, yeah. Am I buying up. it? Absolutely not. A hundred, a hundred all-purpose yards and a touchdown. Thirteen carries, four catches. Again, against the Atlanta team who gives up so many points to running backs, it's not even funny. If you speculatively added Ronald Jones, uh, you could probably just drop him again. What do you think? I'm I'm still not starting Peyton Barber, though. No, I'm not starting him either. It was the first good game of out of the Tampa Bay backfield in quite a while. So I'm, I'm still not loving it. But if he performs well again this week, then definitely something to keep an eye on. Jason? I already said my part about Barber. I think it's time to wrap it up, kid. Let's wrap it up like a old man. He I'm gonna to stop I'm gonna stop myself right he's there. He's an old man unless if if he's like I was gonna say like an old man on old wife. Jason, if they want more <laughs> corny jokes, where could they find you? It's not really a joke. Jason Patrop. <laughs> At at Mike underscore Patrop. At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, frisky. real frisky. Uh, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter for any updates that you need. We also tweet every touchdown. Now, this week we're going to skip it because we have tweet, a wedding tweet, this tweet. Sunday. Uh, one of our best friends growing up and a stalwart of our Mets group chat is getting married. Congratulations to Nick Batis and his lovely wife, Elizabeth. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Nick Batis are walking down the aisle this weekend. So we're going to be there so we cannot... Uh, tweet the touchdowns, but we're going to try and get someone to do it for us, so we're going to see what, how that works out. But follow us, because every week there's people who tweeted us, like, when Brodo shows you the touchdown before Red Zone even has it, and uh, it's good. We're, we're on it. So 
get on that. And uh, we also have fantasy advice. We answer every single question that comes our way on the on the Twitter. Uh, we on also the Twitter. You sound like an old man when you say stuff like that. On the twit. On the Twitter. On the Twitter. What is this uh, device? The uh, application. Uh, and also <laughs> go to Brother Fantasy. Uh, that's a terrible old man. And People also go don't to see you like. I, like I know. Man, I that's why it was the worst. <laughs> uh, and you were holding that cane really weird, too. <laughs> Protofantasy.com. Um, we're going to catch you in like uh, either one minute from now if you want to play us again. Two minutes. It's really up to you. But make sure it's less than five minutes, all right? Less than three. Less than three. Eh, See you less later. than two. Later. <laughs>